Chicken Nugget Day. That was always the biggest meal on the cafeteria calendar. It came about once every other month, maybe once a month. And I'm not kidding. There would be a line out the door to get in for Chicken Nugget Day. That was the most, one, the most popular meal that the cafeteria offered. Any other time, it was really easy to get in there. You might have to wait in a kind of a long line after chapel. But for the most part, Chicken Nugget Day, line out the door. The only other times that happened was when... The cafeteria, usually right before Thanksgiving and also right before Christmas break, they would do a big meal, like a big dinner meal for the students. That always had a really long line because it was nice food. But Chicken Nugget Day, man, that was the one that brought the boys to the yard. You could get plain nuggets. You could get buffalo nuggets. You could get Cajun nuggets, which were very good. And I have no idea what made them Cajun, but they were still good. Fries, mac and cheese, it was glorious. Hey, welcome back to my seminary life. This is College Stories, and I'm your host, Brandon Knight. For the next several weeks, we're doing this whole series where I'm going back to college and highlighting some of my favorite moments, some of my God moments, and some of my uncomfortable moments, which is what we're here for today as we talk about my love life or the general lack thereof, because that's really a more accurate depiction of what my love life in college was like. So strap in. Here we go. I could not get a date to save my life when I was in college, and not from a lack of trying. I tried a lot, like a lot, a lot. I, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't good. It was awkward and weird at times for everybody involved. A girl that I was really into in high school, I think I could use the word infatuated with in high school, followed me to college. She followed me, not the other way around. I already committed to Grace College, and then like a long while later, she decided to go as well. And it kind of continued going into college, especially that first year, freshman year. And it kind of worked out for both of us because neither one of us really knew anybody other than each other. So we kind of hung out a lot. But as time went on and we were in two completely different degree programs, I was in the biblical studies department. She was in the business department. Um, Over time with space and distance and us just getting involved in our own lives, We eventually, I got over it. I shouldn't say we, I got over it. I moved on. It was good and it was healthy and it made things better for us after the fact. It was just like, hey, we're hanging out as friends. I'm not, I don't have any other like side intentions going on here. We're just, we're just friends. I'm not trying to do anything here. And that was because, not just because we had all this space and distance in between us, but also because I was now falling head over heels for all these other girls on campus. The problem was, and I'm just going to cut to the chase on this, the problem was I heard that line so many times when I was in college. You're, 
You're just like a brother to me. Well, what does that even mean? Seriously, what does that mean? You're just like a brother to me. I heard that so many times when I was in college. That was That is the number one go-to get-out-of-jail-free card in Christian dating. You're just like a brother to me. It kind of makes it a little gross because like, I have romantic feelings for you and I think you're super pretty and you're comparing me to your brother, which makes this gross. But I heard that line a lot. And that was the only line. There wasn't any other explanation. There was never any other explanation as to why I was so undateable. I think about the girls that I was really into. There was one, two, three for sure. Four. There was like four girls that I was really into when I was in college outside of this one high school girl that so like five, I guess, total. And it, it continued to escalate. Like the third one for sure I was I was really into and I was not going to back down. I was going to figure out a way that she was going to go out with me no matter what. But it, it just never worked. It never worked for some reason. And I never got an explanation as to why. There was never... There was never any closure. It was always just left at this. We're just friends. You're like a brother to me. Things like that. And it hurt. It hurt a lot. I had a lot of self-doubt. I I have always had a low self-esteem. Even to this day, I still have that problem of a low self-esteem. And so there were so many of these times, you know, I'm at this point in my life where people are telling me, you know, you just have to put yourself out there. You just have to try and see what will happen. You don't know what will happen until you do it. And what's the worst that they can, that could happen. They could say no, like, that's not too bad. Except when you're dealing with someone with such a low, almost non-existent self-esteem, being told no, when you're putting your heart on the line is pretty it's pretty hard. It's pretty damaging. Um, and it happened time and time again. I remember even calling my dad to get advice from him because I really wanted to go out with this one girl. And we had been friends for a while. And actually, it was one of those situations where we were friends. And I kind of liked her. And I asked her out. And I took it hard when she said no. And we tried to give each other space, but we quickly realized, no, actually, we like being friends, and I can easily get over this because I would much more, I would much rather be friends with you. I remember seeing her at chapel and sending her a text of like, "Hey, I I miss you." It's been, it had been like a week of like us not talking to each other, and I I remember texting her and just saying, "Hey, I miss you. Can we just like grab coffee after chapel or something?" And she said, yes, I, I wanted to give you space, but I, I miss you, too. I, 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 don't like, I don't like us not talking. And we just moved on from there. She was probably, she was one of two girls that I was very easily able to move on from. The other girl. We were like desk mates in our Romans class, which this Romans class was the worst class I have ever taken, which is a saddest thing in the world to say that a class in Rome on Romans was the worst thing in the world. But I had the prof for this class. He, uh, 
He was super monotone. His PowerPoint slides were black and white, and it was 8 o'clock in the morning. And when it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and the professor is lecturing like this with the most boring PowerPoint slides in history with tiny font. You can imagine how hard it is to stay awake and pay attention. Thankfully, the cafe on campus was just down the just down the hall from us and we would run over there get coffee and donuts before class or during the break but this girl she was uh, a desk mate like sat we would chat before and after class and I finally asked her out and I remember she just gave me like this terrified wide-eyed look like I had just pushed a baby off of a swing set or something like what what is going on here so that went nowhere uh she ended up marrying one of my friends whatever life's fine two of the other girls i took it a lot harder there was the one that i worked i would tirelessly work to try and win her over and then there was rachel uh anyway anyway getting back to the point there was this Anyway, so I'm like this, having this all this hard time of just taking this rejection so poorly time and time again. And because I never got really any real closure in my life with these girls, I never asked because I, I just felt too embarrassed to ask of like, well, why, why am I just your brother to you? Why am I so undateable? I would just so many times just end up on the floor of my dorm room, bathroom, just bawling my eyes out, just wondering what was wrong with me. That's what I kept saying to myself over and over again. What's wrong with me? And I'm not saying that the whole, you're like a brother to me thing is bad. I think leaving it there is bad. Christian dating is so jacked up. It can be so jacked up. You can get so tied into the whole true love waits, wait for your prince charming, wait for wait for your princess thing, and you never want to explore anything at all. And, and then there's just like the typical, you know, just like how the rest of the society does dating and you're just bouncing around from person to person until you find the right one. Somewhere in the middle, I think, might be the right answer. I don't know. I met Claire on Christian Mingles. So I don't even know if I did it right either. But there was this, just this constant, you know, you just have like these really weird, Christians don't know how to, we, we overthink so many things. And I think dating is one of those areas that we really overthink. You have the whole purity culture, just trying to, you know, back in the early 90s, trying to do the right, just trying to be helpful. You know, we had teen pregnancy was at an all-time high at that time. The AIDS epidemic was going on. And evangelicals wanted to protect their teens, wanted to protect their youth and overcorrected. And in time, it went from, hey, we're just trying to make sure that you have a biblical ethic of purity and dating to 
legalism of, hey, girls, you have to, you know, cover every inch of your body with as much fabric as possible. So that way your brothers in Christ who they're a lost cause, they're just watching porn all the time and just jacking off all the time. Maybe I should run a, oh, I might have to, am I going to have to like label this as explicit? I don't know. Whatever. Mostly 28 year olds listen to this podcast. 30 year olds listen to this podcast. It's whatever. Um, but that's, you know, that was, that's like the dark side of purity culture. It's just like this environment where it was, the guys are a lost cause, but you need to be men and be warriors and go and pursue your woman. And the women are, you know, have to follow all of these rules, not to, to protect their heart, but really to make sure that the guys don't lust after them, but protect your heart, ladies. One of my friends in the real world right now, her name's Victoria. She was telling me we were talking about this and she was telling me she had the, um, she was given the example once of girls are like gazelles and guys are like lions and the girls are supposed to run fast like gazelles do towards Jesus. And any lion who catches up to them is the one worth dating and it, it the, the analogy easily breaks down in several places. One, that's violent. And two, the lion eats the gazelle. And that can be taken a couple different ways. And one of them's kind of... Anyway, yeah, maybe I should run an explicit, explicit banner on this one. Where was I? Oh, right. I have no self-esteem. And dating was bad in college. I know I didn't really go out on any dates at all. And I just had this like constant, constant revolving door of you're just a brother to me and just spiraling harder and harder into self-doubt and self-loathing even of just thinking nothing was right with me. I self I self-harm was a real thing when I was in college. And a lot of it revolves around this, this area of my life. There was one girl I was so into, and she kept turning me down time and time again. But we were, we were really good friends, so we, we would go and do stuff together. We would go off campus and go to the Starbucks to do homework together and talk. I think, I think what ended up happening a lot of times, especially with her, was, um, it, was, it, was it was all emotional it was the emotional fulfillment is what we were getting out of it. It's kind of like there's an episode of New Girl where they talk about how this is before Nick and Jess get together and how Nick is her fluffer, meaning that he's like they're not dating, but he's doing all the stuff that a boyfriend would do for her. And that's kind of I think that's what happened a lot with my female relationships in college was they didn't want to date me but they got some emotional fulfillment out of being friends with me. And I got some relational fulfillment from being friends with them. And so it was, it, it wasn't healthy. I'll say that. I don't want to, I don't think I was necessarily a toxic male in college, at least in the way that we talk about toxic masculinity when it comes to like being, you know, that stereotypical, un, the, the un, unhealthy, stereotypical 
man who doesn't take care of himself, who just, you know, bro, bro, bro all the time. You know, Brad Pitt in Fight Club. I wasn't I wasn't Brad Pitt in Fight Club when I was in college, but I definitely wasn't healthy. And I would I would use these relationships for my own emotional and relational fulfillment. And I would try my best to keep any of them alive so that way I could have a taste of this in my life. And I think there was, to some degree, that on the other end as well. Plus, with my mental health, I think I had a lot of friends who were counselors. And I think they had a lot of empathy for me and found some fulfillment in that as well of, quote, taking care of me, which was not their responsibility at all. I, they shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have made them feel like they should do that. I hope I did. If anybody, especially any of the girls that I was into, happens to find this episode, I'm sorry. I was not healthy. I was not. I was toxic at times. And I'm sorry. I wish I was better. I am better now. I wish I was better in college. I wish I um, would have handled our relationships better. I wish I wouldn't have you know, made things uncomfortable or kept pursuing. I wish I could have just cut the, cut the em- emotional feelings off so that way I could have just, you know, we could have just been friends without me trying to backdoor some relationship. But, you know. What's happened has happened, and I'm sorry. I'm thankful that we had good relationships back then, and I'm thankful that we were friends, I guess is really what it comes down to. I'm thankful that we were friends. But I'm sorry for making things weird, making things uncomfortable to all, all of you. I'm sorry. Really, I am. probably something about my facial hairstyle changing so frequently in college probably had something to do with it too if you haven't picked up on that on facebook and instagram as each week when i post a picture from college it literally has changed every picture <laughs> i'm sorry I, I i think that might be part of it too but i think a lot of it was these girls just could read the fact that i was a good guy who loved jesus and meant meant well but I wasn't healthy. I wasn't ready for a real relationship. I thought I was. The giant hole in my heart that needed attention, that still to this day craves attention, it thought I was ready for a relationship. But obviously that's not just because you desire to just need fulfillment in your life doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready for a relationship. It means that you probably have some emotional damage that you need to get fixed with counseling, which, you know, if you, if you can't guess that episode is coming, don't worry. That episode about getting counseling is, is coming up. There was one girl I had eventually just given up. This was my second of three years at Grace college. And I had basically given up i was like you know this is just not going anywhere i'm i i just need to be done i need a break i i told my roommate one of my best roommates in college his name was tyler i told him i was like i either need to just 
give it a break or find someone else. <laughs> or like I keep going to these same two girls and it's going nowhere. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So he set me up on like this blind date kind of his his girlfriend had a couple roommates who were single. And so he they arranged for a game night at the at their dorm. Um we had open dorms every Friday. Was it Friday or Saturday? Hey, Grace College people, remind me. Was it Friday or Saturday? I think it was was it both? Was it eventually both? I don't remember. It was open dorms. We went we, we lived at you know, I went to a Christian college, so we couldn't just it, there wasn't a there was no co ed dorms. It was, you know, the guy's dorm, the gal's dorm. But once a week for a couple hours we could intermingle at each other's dorm. And that was one uh one of these occasions my roommate's girlfriend invited us all over for a game night. And it was with this intention of me kind of getting to meet this girl who, if I remember right, I think her name was Claire. Not not my Claire, but I think her name was Claire. Or it was Hannah because there was a lot of Hannahs on campus. Um, either one's a safe bet at this point. I kid you not, I have no idea who I was trying to meet that night. That's That's how well the date night went. I almost won the game that we were playing and I lost the game right now <laughs> to all the millennials listening to this. I lost the game. Um, but I, I have no idea which there was like two girls and I sat by one of them and I don't even know if it was the right one. Cause we never talked. The game we played was not a co-op game. It was a solo game and there was no follow up afterwards. I did not get anyone's phone number. So that was just a bust. And then it was time to go on my cross-cultural field experience with my good roommate, Tyler. And this was, uh, if you missed the academic episode, which is the one right behind this one on the feed, I it was this requirement that everyone had to get applied learning when at college, which means more like you're doing hands-on stuff. And one of the things you had to do was go on a cross-cultural field experience, which if you had money meant that you got to go to like Ireland or England and sightsee. Or if you were broke like me and my roommate, you got to go to Philadelphia on one of those quasi church mission trips, which is kind of like you're helping out at a church doing stuff and then also sightseeing. And so we go and this is, I'm like done. You know, we did the blind date thing and I was like, dude, I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I just got to finish the school year. And we get out to Philadelphia, we get off the bus and we sit down in this huge circle and I lock eyes with this girl. And I think to myself, Oh crap. (laughs) There goes that commitment. I had never seen this girl before in my life. She apparently was a senior. I got that eventually. And it's a small college. You're walking all the time. I had never seen this girl. No idea who she was. And of course, it was one of those occasions that after the fact, I then saw her everywhere all of the time, even after the mission trip. And my goal was simple. I just want to talk to her. I had no idea who she was. Did not know her name. And it was like a day or two after that initial we got there. It was lunchtime. And one of my buddies, Ben, was sitting down. It was him, an empty chair, and then her. So I looked at him. and was like, dude, save me that seat. 
So, you know, I get my food, I sit down, and we talk. I talk to him for a little bit, and then I make my move, and we talk about lunch. Because what else am I going to talk about with this girl other than introduce myself and eat? You know, talk about the food that we're eating and the trip. And slowly, I would just like push myself. I've never, I had never done this before. It was so weird. Like any other time, at least to get the conversation going, I, I people had to do the legwork for me. This was one of the few times where I was like, I, I'm really into this girl. Who is this girl? I need to know who this girl is. And like over time, she started opening up to me on the trip more and more. We would hang out a little bit we would get into we would intentionally try to get into the same groups that way we could hang out during the you know going to do the different activities turned out she was a counseling major big surprise with a lot of emotional hurt in her life a lot of mental health issues and then the trauma bonding started because I have a lot of emotional hurt and mental health issues in my life too. So then the trauma bonding started and we felt closer that way as well. We get back from the trip and I get her phone number and we just kind of turns out she was on the same hall as a lot of my friends. My roommate's girlfriend was on the same hall. The two of my other friends they were on the same hall, so we did, you know, I went over for open dorms, and they were expecting me to come hang out with them, and I, like, went and had a game time with her, and we, like, chit-chatted, talked about, I think Winter Soldier had just come out, just to give everybody time placement of when these events are happening, so we talked about Winter Soldier. We get done, we go down to our other, uh, my friend's room, and we chit-chat a little bit in there, and she walks out to go get something and they just my two friends just give me this look of like you are so happy right now and she seems to really like being around you so finally I made my my actual move and there's this really great ice cream place in Winona Lake Kalani's Sweet Dream it, it was it was Kalani's it name changed to Sweet Dreams and great ice cream place if you're ever in Winona Lake, Indiana. And I asked her to go get ice cream with me. And she said yes, but then insisted on paying for her own, which is fine. I was just trying to be nice. And we sat there, and it was the only time I ever really got to spend any time with her outside of the college campus, which is great. We had a great time, chatted it up. She was a big fan of the movie Frozen, and I was not gonna see it i was just trying <laughs> it was super popular and i didn't get it at the time so i was like i'm not gonna watch frozen but she was like trying to get me to watch frozen that was a whole thing i was a usher for graduation that year and it's just because of my academic standing and blah 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 and i'm a good student whatever she was graduating and so we were hanging out and we did the walkthrough. And I remember her telling me that with all of the stuff going on in her life with her mental health, this was the goal, which 
for high school me could totally high school me could totally resonate with that. It was like I just want to graduate high school, and that was that was it for her. She was like, I just want to graduate. And I remember graduation day. I'm standing there. I am after you get your diploma. You went down a set of stairs, and I was the first person right after that. And my job was to direct direct students coming off of the stage where to go next. And she comes off the stage, and she looks at me, and she says, "I did it." And it was the first time I was the first person that she got to say that to. And I was so happy to have that moment with her after college. She, um, went to a women's boarding home, this Christian ministry that was all about helping women. And part of it was like no contact with the outside world, zero whatsoever. Um, but you could get letters and so I wrote her letters and I almost every month just telling her about stuff going on and in my life and going on with us. And eventually I sent her a Christmas card and it came back and I checked her Facebook and she had started posting on Facebook again. And so I texted her. I was like, Hey, are you out? She goes, yeah, I just got out yesterday. Um, and so we texted back and forth, back and forth. A month or two later, I finally told her. And she said, I, I just kind of see us as friends. And then I made a really big mistake. I never texted her again. And since then, I've lost her phone number. And she deactivated her Facebook at some point. Other people, like you move on and it's fine. My one friend, the one that like, I I told her I kind of liked her and she was like, we're just friends. And we went through that like a week of separation. Then we were like, this sucks. Let's go back to being friends. Like I still occasionally talk to her, which is fun. Shout out to you, Kelly. If you catch this episode. Um, but I, I made a mistake with Rachel. Obviously I don't regret like not being with her because it's like, I'm with Claire. Now we have a kid super happy things are good but there is this level of like i threw away a good friendship because i was unhealthy i was immature i was still growing so you know you you make mistakes and part of life part of existentialism is owning those mistakes and moving on but man i wish i still had that friendship i really do she was great she was fun to be around. It was, she was easy to talk to. I miss you, Rachel. So my love life sucked in college. If there's any moral to this story is you can do better than me. <laughs> I think back to uh, last month when Josh was on the show talking about his one girlfriend who like they constantly fought but that was like just how they communicated. I'm like, that seems really bad, but I don't know if I would have done any better. I don't know if my stories are any better. 
I was not, I wasn't ready. I wasn't healthy. And I've maintained some relationships since then, but I threw away one really good one. You're not supposed to live life with regret and you shouldn't look back and say, man, I wish I could have done that differently. But if there's anything I would have done differently in college, that list isn't very long because for the most part, I really enjoyed college. College was really good for me and it, it changed and shaped me a whole lot. But man, if there's, if there's anything I could have changed, it would have been not throwing away this relationship with her and joining the college improv group. I, they had an improv group and I called back in five. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. And I really wanted to join, but I can never quite make it work in my schedule. And I really wish I would have tried harder to make that work, which compared to the story I just told you seems really, really not the same in comparison. So Yeah. I doubt you're going to find this, but Rachel, if you come across, the, across this podcast episode, please, um, I'd like to hear from you just to see how you're doing. That's weird. Sorry, everybody. But hey, the moral of the story is this. Uh, if relationships are hard for you, if you're single and you're like, why is this not working for me? I would say maybe just within my own experience, maybe... This is an opportunity for you to focus on yourself. You hear that you hear people say that when it comes to singleness and it sounds cheesy, but honestly, like I think I should have focused on myself. I did not have a healthy way to process and move on from these r- girls who said no. If I would have learned how to do that, I could have focused on myself and gotten healthier much sooner than I did. But you live and learn. That's the other, I guess the other moral of the story is that you live and learn, you make mistakes, you own them, and you move on. Well, that's it for today's episode. Let's start wrapping this up. Thank you for listening. As always, if you don't mind, do all the things. Rate and review the show. Send it to a friend that you think might get some enjoyment out of this. I don't know how they could get enjoyment out of this episode other than maybe just feeling really bad for me. Or maybe you're also bad at relationships. You're like, ha, that guy did worse. I feel better about myself. Send it to them. Or if you're a Grace College person, I'd love if you send this episode around. Shout out to old roommate Aaron, who I recently caught wind that you're listening to these episodes, buddy. Thanks, man. You have a great mustache. Anyway, he does. He has a great mustache. If you ever want to get in contact with the show, email seminarylife at gmail.com. Email seminarylife at gmail.com. You can send uh, comments, concerns, questions, whatever you'd like to the show. You could also send us a voice memo on our profile on Anchor. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at my seminary life pod. Always slide into the DMs on there as well. I believe the next one up, we're going to do the when Brandon finally started getting healthy episode talking about counseling. So that's, that should be good. Talking about my mental health journey through college as well. Big part of my life then as well. Um, oh, there's a shop. Make sure it'll be in the description for this episode. It's also in the link in our description on our bio on Facebook and Instagram, the link to our shop, my seminary, 
my seminary life shop. I need to wrap this up. I hear my baby screaming. Um, my seminary life shop. You can get t-shirts, bucket hats, mugs, pint glasses, check it out. A lot of fun stuff. And if you order something, when it comes in, take a pic, tag the show. We'll add it to our stories on social media. Thanks again for listening. I think that's it. And as always, remember, keep on studying.